Emily has some good insights that the static on last month's episode was as a result of my Italian hand talking. So Tyler does a lot of motions while while she's making her points, and I appreciate it, but I think our microphone does not. So we're gonna see if that helps the situation this time. I will try to contain myself. Welcome to the Whole Equestrian Podcast. We're here bridging the gap between riding and wellness, discussing topics related to mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community. Our mission is to promote health and happiness through our love of horses. I'm Emily Hamill, a four-star level eventer, dedicated practitioner of yoga, Pilates, and meditation, personal development enthusiast, and plant-strong athlete. And I am currently um, recording this from the comforts of my own home, and it's actually during the day. Different. Different, yep. Me and Emily both have the day off today on a Monday. Yeah, so we're going for it. Amazing. Um, I'm Tyler Held. I'm a professional groom and mental toughness coach, a lifelong learner in the areas of mindset, positive thinking, and motivation. I'm a practitioner of CrossFit, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and daily meditation. And I am clearly also in PA. We already sorted that out. We did. We're here recording. Um, So, last week you changed your intro, and this week I changed mine. Last month? Last month, yeah, yeah wow, incredible. Yeah. I said week. I wrote week. You wrote week. Do you I wanna... knew what you meant. <laughs> I knew what you meant. Uh, anyways, I decided that saying I have a master's degree in sports psychology is too definitive. Like, it almost sounds like my education is done, which it's not um, in anything that you're doing. I think you need to have a very lifelong approach to it. Um, so I kind of changed the wording there. And, um, you know, mixed it up a bit. I love it. Awesome. So great. I approve of it. Wonderful. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> we clearly during the day doesn't like get us a little quicker. We're just, <laughs> we were hoping. Usually we're like exhausted and we're like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. But here we're rested. And yeah. I guess we, we both woke up at 430 on our days off, so... We had stuff to do, you know? Got had horses to ride, Pilates classes to do. Get after it. I had Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I got a stripe this morning, so... So that's exciting. Great. That's great. But anyway, this month's topic is dealing with setbacks, which was chosen in our Ask the Audience poll on topics, and we can't wait to get into it. But first, we have some housekeeping to do. So, if you've listened to the podcast before, welcome back. And if you haven't, Welcome. As we stated in our introduction, our mission is to promote health and happiness through our love of horses. We start each episode checking in on some goals that we're working on, which is the topic that we discussed in episode one. Then we talk about books we're reading and how they teach us about life and horses, um, followed by the main topic. We round out each episode with listener questions and actionable advice. So if you ever have any questions, be sure to reach out to us on social media. Speaking of reaching out, we got a new five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Yay! Woo! Yeah, so this one is from Danica Lynn, 1126, and she says, I love listening to this podcast every month and look forward to its release. I feel the overall approach to a balanced lifestyle with an emphasis on equestrian sports is really great and can actually benefit athletes from any walk of life, not just for the equestrians. Since listening, I've started meditating and making more health-conscious food choices, especially on road trips, both of which I think have made a positive impact in my life overall. 
Keep it up. Proud of you guys. Well, that is so sweet. That is really sweet. That's a great review. Can you say balanced again? Balanced. You said I, it normal said it, that time. I said it weird. No, when I was reading it, I... You sounded like you were Boston, from Boston when you said balanced. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'll have to listen when I go back. But I did note that I said it weird, and I was like, I'm just going to keep I'm just gonna keep going. I'm getting my snort laugh on. Uh, so, anyway. anyway. <laughs> so, if anyone has any other kind or wonderful words to say to us, or, you know, a bad review, I we could read that on the air, too. Just, like, take it down at the beginning of the episode. So, this is why you should stop listening now. This is We got a one-star review. Let's shout that out. Anyway, we are open to constructive criticism, but we may not read a one-star review on there. Okay. Hopefully nobody wants to give us that. Anyway, we are getting way off topic at this point. Goals! Let's get into them. Um, so, my goals... If all goes according to plans, when this episode is released, PJ and I will be in Wales. Yes. So that's our uh, week-long non-horsey vacation, so we are really looking forward to it. And uh, we leave tomorrow, which is won't be tomorrow when you're hearing this, but um, yeah, can't wait. Just got to pack it up and get ready to go. Um, so anyway... I should be able to check that off. Um, and then just some other goals that I'm working towards. Um, still trying to get into a vegan cooking class, but I did find a place in Westchester that has some, and so I'm just waiting for the fall schedule to come out. So I'm excited about that, yeah. and I will be bringing you. Yes, that will be yeah. very fun. And then um, another goal that I've like started to think about and figure out how I can cross off is um, remodeling my guest bathroom. And so I've been like looking a little bit on Pinterest for inspiration and, and all of that. And my family will be here over the holidays, and they are super handy, so I figure if I have a plan, we can get it done when they get here. Wonderful. So surprise, mom and Paul, you're helping me remodel. Love you. They're the best though. <laughs> they like, are the best. It wasn't your mom out here with like six tons of mulch the last yeah, time she was awesome. here. So uh, how, how about uh, your goals? Okay, well, apparently I have to go to the bank today because... Because <laughs> you put that on the I script. put that on my notes and it yeah. says, next day off, I promise I'm going to actually go to a bank and work on my retirement fund project <laughs> as I realize that part of being a whole equestrian is addressing some of the things that you have to do so you get to do all of the things that you want to do. And I want to be responsible with my finances and planning for the future. Well, that's great. Wow. I mean, <laughs> it's already 1230 and we're going to be recording for a while maybe you could do it later i might have to go to the bank today um i think you should come get a pedicure with me instead but stay tuned (laughs) yeah um so that's kind of where my goals are right now like we've been joking about the paintballing goal for a while and i was Mm -hmm. talking to all the windura kids um at great meadow international and they're like yeah like let's go paintballing well when are a bunch of horse people that work six different days a week going to go paintballing together that's negative thinking so we're gonna break that down and i'm gonna be optimistic and say that it's actually gonna happen before the end of the year it will it will it's going to it might end up being a smaller group 
just because of scheduling, but it's going to happen. And then, I mean, I got to tell you, listeners, I was I was on the bar this morning, uh, the, the pull-up bar, trying to get my muscle up. and Oh, yeah? I'm still, like, I'm making progress because at the beginning of the year, I couldn't really do any sort of progression towards it. And right. now, like, if I stand on a box and I go under the bar, I can jump up into a muscle up. Or if okay. I use bands, I can do, like three strung together mm-hmm. of like banded muscle ups so I'm working on the muscles to get there I'm just not quite there yet well it sounds like you're like developing a good foundation so you'll be able to yeah to, to get there so we're on we're yeah. on our way really great that's good 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 well it's time for books 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 yay our favorite well we have a lot of favorite. We sections, have. We love our podcast. Yeah, um, this we're really is, not. Um, what's what's it called? Ba- like bashful or? Um, yeah, bashful is a good word. People, I mean, we just our love, love egos, what we do. Egos, yeah, I great. Know. Okay, we do this for fun. What did you read? Um, and to help you guys, also. Yes. Um, so <laughs> so uh, I feel like we're silly during the day. Rub that in there. Um, anyway, the Yamas and Niyamas is the book that I read this month. I haven't um, had as much time as I wanted to read, but I did get this one done. Um, so anyways, the book is called The Yamas and Yamas, and it's by Deborah Adele. And it's basically exploring yoga's ethical practice. And this is actually my third time reading the book, so I hope that that's not really cheating. I mean, I, I still read the book. I won't call it cheating because I think that each time you go back to something... You, you learn something new. Yeah, and I mean, I really like the book, so that's why, like, I've been reading it probably once a year for the past three years. Like, if really you have one yoga. grid exercise that works really well for your horse, like, are mm-hmm. you really cheating going back to that no, same grid get... exercise? Foundations, baby. Exactly. So, I just like it. It's a good, um, good way for me to kind of check in on how I'm approaching life, like, internally and externally um so anyway the yamas are also kind of known as restraints so it's basically like social disciplines that guide us into harmony peace and right relationships with the world and there's five of them which are non-violence truthfulness non-stealing non-excess and non-possessiveness um so i won't go into all of those but um Anyway, that's that's what the first part of the book is about. And then Niyamas is about observances. So basically exploration of possibility, like how joyful can your life be? And it just really makes you look kind of inwardly to figure out how you can view your life and improve yourself and like all of that. The making the choices that we've kind of yeah. talked about is the reoccurring theme in a lot of these books. Yeah. And so the five of those are purity, contentment, self-discipline, self-study, and surrender. Um, and so if you guys want to find out more about that, I highly suggest this book. Obviously, it's good because I've read it three times. Um, and then there's just one last thought I want to leave you, um, a quote from the book. And basically, the author, she loves horses. Like, she doesn't actually ride, but she, like, appreciates horses and loves watching equestrian sport. And she said this, 
Um, those of us whose only contact with the world of equestrian competitions is via the television set find the elegance and ease of those leaping beasts to be almost surreal. We marvel at the calmness of the riders. We admire the cool focus as they vault their way over the hurdles and wonder if those riders have some extra instinct that the rest of us lack. Um, cool. Yeah, and then she kind of goes on to say that... Um, she was talking to a horse trainer at one point, and they said that the most common obstacle riders face is their own perception, and that you need to approach challenges or jumps or whatever they might be with a kind of anticipatory confidence. And then one of the things that really stuck out to her is this trainer said, you have to take your heart and throw it over the fence, then jump after it. And I just love that. I thought that was great. So, and I that's think awesome. it applies to riding and life. So, Ooh, that's my book. That's like one of those goosebump moments when you I read that it. quote. Actually, that's my fa- like my favorite sport and performance psychologist, um, Dr. Michael Gervais, has a mm-hmm. podcast called um, Finding Mastery, and he always talks about how he measures his life and like the quality of his success and like the numbers of moments that like give him goosebumps. And like I literally have goosebumps yeah, you do. right now. I. I see that. Yeah. You're not making it up. Not I, making it I up. thought that was great. I just read that and I was like, this is perfect. So, Tyler, tell us about your book. Okay, so another goosebump inducing moment that I had was reading um, Finding Ultra. It's definitely one of the top books that I've read this year. Um, my other favorite was, um, what was my David Goggins book? Um, but this one's by Rich Roll and he's an ultra man runner. Um, he placed sixth in Ultraman, which is a three-day, 320-mile ultra triathlon championship, not two years after he had been overweight and eating cheeseburgers on the couch. That's um, crazy. So it was a really incredibly inspiring story. Um, basically, he went on a plant-based diet, which is part of his transformation, and like he's not overly you know, down your throat about like the vegan thing, but that was like kind of part of his thing but it's a really inspiring tale of what we can overcome and there's one part of the book where he's you know because obviously when you're pursuing an endurance sport like that or any like really challenging thing there's obstacles along the way right dealing with setbacks part of this episode um and he crashes his bike and splits his face open and like he was really lucky not to have broken his neck basically and he wakes up in the hospital and he's like you know, what am I doing with my life? I'm a lawyer. I'm wasting all my time training for these ultra races. I'm sacrificing time for, with my family. Like, I'm jeopardizing my health and, like, my business is not going well. We're in debt. And his wife, who's, like, obviously dealing with these same problems, not getting to see her husband as much, just looks at him and says, If that were it, like, if you had died in that crash, are you happy with how you're pursuing your life? Mm hmm. And he, like, gets back out and, like, he keeps training. Yeah. And, you know, because he feels like what he's doing has effects and inspirations on other people and everything like that. And that was just such, like, that was my other goosebump yeah. moment reading that no, book. that's like, amazing. Are, are you happy and, with like, how you're pursuing your life? an amazing wife to just, like, yeah. throw that out there. Yeah, exactly. She's yeah. she's all into, like, yoga and stuff like that, too. So she's, she's pretty cool in a, of her own right. Um, he also has a podcast... Um, that I recommend checking out. I think it's just called the Ritual Podcast. Um, oh. 
And then I read more than two books, but Emily said I could only talk about two so that she didn't, didn't feel bad about the one hey, book that she read. I, mean, I did say that. That is, <laughs> that is fair. So the other one I'm going to talk about is the called The Imposter Cure. And it kind of sounds like ridiculously self-help if I read the whole title. It's like, The Imposter Cure, How to Stop Feeling Like a Fraud and Escape the Mind Trap of Imposter Syndrome. Um, but... I think imposter syndrome is something that happens to everyone, especially like when you start to achieve some level of success. It's like, do I deserve this? Am I who I say I am? Yeah. Like, there's definitely a disconnect between like who you think you are and like who you present, and it drives us into all sorts of negative patterns of overworking and perfectionism and everything like that, or even procrastination because you're like almost afraid of your own success, so you put right. it off and everything. Um, so there was a lot of really good quotes um, in that book, and I really recommend it if that sounds like anything that you've ever struggled with. But one of these quotes I'm going to read to you is literally the basis of the whole equestrian. Um, so it says, Are you sacrificing your own health and happiness for your work or your relationships? What would it be like to have some boundaries so there is space left over for you? I know this is a slightly offbeat suggestion, but try thinking about it in terms of animal cruelty. Would this treatment be okay for an animal? Say you had a racehorse. Would it be okay to exercise and train the horse all day every day and never allow it time to graze, only allowing it to snatch a few hours rest in pe preparation for races? Would you get the best from a horse treated this way? If that's not right for an animal, it's not okay for you either. Like. Literally, guys. Yeah. We that is we wouldn't gallop our horse one day, like do a hard, heavy gallop day and then like go jump it the next day and then gallop again and never give it a day off right. before its competition. Like we always give our horse a day off after they compete. Like right. or, you know, if they've done a hard gallop day, it's like, okay, now it's hack day. We always do it for our horses, but we never do it for ourselves. Yeah, that that is true. And that's I mean literally in the book. That's, so that's great. Books, books, Love books, it. baby. Cool. Well, I think I think we had some good good reads this month. We did. So, um, I think on that note, we can dive into the main topic, which is dealing with setbacks. So I think first we want to touch on kind of the mindset and how you view setbacks. So Tyler, you want to take this away? Yeah, I mean, just starting the conversation about setbacks, like what really is a setback? I mean, clearly, when you say that, there's probably some things that come to your mind, right? You had a competition that didn't go well, or a lesson that didn't go well, or you're hurt, your horse gets hurt, um, you lose a horse in a different way, or like an owner, or mm -hmm. actually losing your partner right um which is one of the unique challenges to our sport because you know you can spend years and years getting to the top with one animal and then lose it to tragedy or politics yeah um so there's all these things that like we say are setbacks but what is a setback but a disruption from what you thought reality should be yeah you know so you're on a course and you're working towards a goal and you view something as a setback, but really it could just be part of your process. I like that. Does that make sense? That makes sense to me. It's like, it's like the way that you're viewing things. So you can choose 
to not really see anything as a setback but obviously like there's going to be emotions and everything that you have to deal with along the way it's easier said than done right but to be able to kind of view well you know the other topic that we were going to talk about was investing in the process but like to really view view horses and the sport and whatever you're doing whatever endeavor whatever goals you have as a process instead of like this is where I should be right now yeah so like one of the experiences that I've had with this um, which has really gotten me to where I am today was not making it to young riders Mm -hmm. you know I got into the sport quote-unquote late of what I thought was late Um, I was not I didn't do my first event until after my freshman year of college so I would have been 17 years old Um, because that's really late I literally thought that I wasn't going to be able to like ever make it in horses because I didn't do my first event until I was 17 years old right I think a lot of people like young riders especially feel that way but you have to realize that this sport is it's a lifelong process and it's a lifetime sport like you don't get good until you're quite mature you know like best riders are in their 40s maybe even 50s yeah so yeah so that's like what number one like horrible mindset going into it but so I I like I bought a sorry I keep hitting the table and that's maybe we're having microphone issues right now I don't know Tyler just gets so into it I do hand gestures and I'm gonna sit on my hands because I I feel emotional about this this is actually when I emailed the USEA convention last year, I wanted to give a speech about why I'm glad I didn't make it to Young Riders. So this is my chance to give my little speech of why yeah. I'm not glad I didn't make it to Young Riders. Because, like, one, I had a very black and white idea of what I thought should be happening. Like, I was going to do a training three days so that I could move up to prelim, so that I could do a one-star, so that I could move up to intermediate and do a two-star and just like follow the path path. that was like the thing and I wasn't ever really taking a time to like learn how to train a horse learn how to care for a horse like learn about recovery and what kind of studs I can be using and making my braids better and everything like that and so like I ended up falling off at my very first training three day and I hit the ground and I wasn't hurt, my horse wasn't hurt, and I was just laying there. And I remember just thinking like, oh no, my hopes and dreams. Like I just thought about the whole timeline and how it wasn't gonna happen. And so here's something that like, yeah, it's clearly a huge setback. I just fell off at this big competition that was supposed to be a stepping stone towards all of the next competitions. But I never had like a really realistic idea of what this sport takes as far as like kind of the shit that you have to go through to get to the good stuff. Right. And like even when you get to the good stuff, it's still, you still still have the struggles. Yeah. Um, so for me, like part of dealing with setbacks is just enjoying the process, like enjoying every day, because if you're going to set your sights on something and be like, I'm not going to be happy unless I'm doing X, Y, and Z at these competitions on my schedule, then you're going to make yourself miserable. Yeah. And a lot of times when you're so focused on just the end goal, 
and you're like really striving for it, the harder it is to get, you know? Yeah. Like if you're just, do you, do you get what I mean? Like it tends to, if that's all you're focused on is, oh, like for me, I want to run a five star, right? If like that's it, it, it almost is like too much pressure on that and it seems harder to get, but if you just enjoy the process and kind of let all of your hard work pay off and take you there naturally it you know it doesn't always work but right it, it's right. easier if you can just kind of surrender a bit to the universe if you want to say that and just go with the flow and keep putting in the time and effort and let it take you where it's gonna go yeah well so. and like I don't know, well, shout out to um, the podcast that you'll be on this week, Major League Eventing. Like, if you listen to the stories of those, like, upper-level eventers that we idolize and we're like, wow, like, they just have it all figured out and, like, it just worked for them and they found that horse and they made it to the top, listen to that, listen to their stories yeah. and find me one that actually happened like that. Yeah. Or Where it was just continue to ha- like yeah. maybe you maybe you did find like you get lucky with you're one. off the track yeah. thoroughbred that you pulled out of the field and like you ended up going to Kentucky on it, but what's the next horse after that? You know, like this is a hard sport because you have the element of having a partner that you have to, you know, go through the process with. I was actually thinking about that. Um, we were at Seneca Valley Pony Club horse trials this past weekend, and I'm looking at like you know, Jenny taking these four-year-olds around beginner novice and, you know, obviously like the beginner novice, there's a lot of kids and beginners and stuff. I'm like, what other sport do you have some of the best top elite riders in the world that are riding at kind of the entry level of their sport right. or like competing at the entry level of their sport, you know? Yeah, you don't see that because it's not the partnership. Like yeah. most sports, you don't have to rely on any other being like you wouldn't you know? go see I'm really bad at like actual references to real sports but <laughs> um like a professional basketball player isn't gonna like all of a sudden go and like stop in on a rec game and like play with these guys that are playing at their gym at you know five o'clock in the morning on a weekday or I whatever mean, they might, but it's, maybe it's it, it would probably be for charity if, yeah, if it was right. the case or like you know if you have um a black belt in any sort of martial arts if you're going into a competition it's not like you're all of a sudden going to be competing against a white belt you know right. like that is very true so i thought that was that's like an interesting, interesting yeah that's a kind of a cool that was thing my that you noticed. sleep deprived yeah. state of horse showing this weekend yeah well good um and you so you're your major competition setback, how did that kind of lead you to where you are now and, like, looking back? So, like, failing forward fast, like, you know, now I have so much appreciation for not making it to Young Riders because I, you know, for a while there, I did try, like, I kept trying, I got a different horse, I did everything like that, and um, ultimately, mentally, I did not have the right game for equestrian sports and what has that caused me to do well I worked so hard on that that I got my master's in sports psychology I've asked the right questions and while financially I haven't been able to support a competition career with horses past you know as I graduated college and I was trying to make 
this life work on my own, I decided that it really wasn't financially responsible for me to have my own horse. And I kind of fell in love with the grooming side along the way. But I feel like I have so much of a deeper appreciation for the sport now of like how much work it takes. And I look at some of the girls that actually did do well at that training three day and then went on to young riders and had the one like almost all of them are out of horses or getting out of horses. Yeah, and it's just sometimes when it's things happen too easily, you don't appreciate them as much. Yeah. And then all of a sudden when it does get hard, it's like, wow, I don't want to do this. And I think that my struggles early on have made me really appreciate the sport and just put that I I remember sitting um at the Kentucky horse park we were at the um three day that they do in the fall that's oh the mid-south yeah Yeah, the mid-south three day um and we had taken a horse out there to do a one star and you know I was like grooming for a one star it was a big deal for me and I'm sitting there reading like a mental toughness book that now I read a book a week and I don't know, there was one quote that said, um, I don't even know if it's true, but the motto of the U.S. Olympic team is, it's not every four years, it's every day. That's great. And I was like, it's every day. And I say that to myself on the hard days, on the days when I'm feeling sluggish. Like, I think that's the thing about dealing with setbacks is you always have to look at, like, the bigger picture. And have your reasons of why you're doing it and I think about that quote I'm like it's not every four years it's every day and what am I doing every day to put the work in to be the best person equestrian I can be and now like I love that I have you know my sports psychology information and I'm helping people and I'm doing stuff like this podcast and yeah I feel like I have much a greater depth to the sport because of the struggles that I had actually competing yeah. in it. No, that's great. And now, say someday you did decide to get a horse, and, you know, I think you'd probably approach it a little bit differently. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and now that you have that good base and depth of knowledge, it it might just come together if yeah, that yeah. was ever something that you wanted to do again. Yeah, um, and I think it like it really comes down to not the experiences themselves, but the relationship that you have with the experiences. Yeah, sure. And so if it's going to be something that's negative, that's riding on you, that you're not doing well and you're just hating yourself because you're not doing well, then that's the problem. It's not actually the fact of the matter that it's not going well it's the relationship you have with the fact that it's not going well and you just have to take a step back and appreciate the sport be grateful for the struggle because when things do go well you're going to think about all the hard work you put in to push past those barriers that's that's good good stuff right there i hope i hope so Cool. So, um, Tyler shared a little bit about one of her big struggles in the sport. And so I'm going to touch on kind of two of mine uh, along a different route. So Tyler was more about the competition and then how that affected her life path. Um, And I'm going to just touch on losing um, a horse and also losing an owner because um, for the professionals listening out there the owner side of things it happens you know 
And anyone who has a horse has that possibility to lose one or maybe has in the past. And um, so that can be a huge setback. So um, I had this horse, Jupiter Breeze, and he I got him straight off the track. And he was like this wild, he thought he was a stallion, but he wasn't. Um, anyway, so like our first couple years, maybe the first two years were like a little little rough, but I persevered. I like the sassy horses, so like it, it worked out. Um, and so we had built like a really good relationship and we were moving up the levels and, you know, I'd gotten him up to the intermediate level, started riding with Philip. I had two horses at the time, Jupiter and this other horse, Ramsey, and um, they were both going intermediate. Ramsey was looking to move up to advanced. Jupiter had just started. Um, but anyway, so he was a really exciting horse. Like, Philip really liked him. Um, and then when I was riding with Philip and Aiken, after we were done with, like, our Aiken season, we came back to Kentucky, and the night that we got back, he seriously colicked. And, you know, we had to take him to um, Rude and Riddle, and he had to go in for emergency surgery. Long story short, like, he didn't make it. And that was just, like, heartbreaking to me because he... You know, it, like, you put that much time and effort into something. Like, it's almost like, this might sound weird, but for horse lovers it really doesn't. But it's like it's like a child. You know, I felt like I was, like, losing a child. And then, you know, like, all the hopes and dreams attached to that horse kind of just, you know, went away. And it was, it was tough. Like, I struggled for days, weeks. You know, like, it was, yeah. it was a lot... And, like, I still think about him quite often, like, oh, what if I had him? Like, what would we be doing? You know, because he really had what it took to go all the way. So that was that was a really huge setback for me. Um, and it took a while to, like, come around to the idea of finding another horse and believing that I could ever have that kind of relationship with them again. Um, and, you know, I had I had some other horses along the way, but... Um, I really feel like with my horse Barry now, I've kind of got that relationship back, and it so it's like really Barry. Oh, anyway, basically you have to kind of take all the good good memories from like a lost horse, and sorry, I'm getting like really emotional. You are. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm getting really emotional, but you just have to like take. <laughs> wow, I did not see this coming. <laughs> laughing and crying. Yeah. You just have to take all of those good things and all those hard that hard work and just keep keep going and you'll find another horse someday and then like Barry'll do things and I'm like, oh that reminds me of Jupiter and it just like oh makes me love Barry even more. But I digress. So <laughs> It will be okay. For those of you who have lost horses, there are more out there. You will find another good one. Just, you can't lose faith. Yeah. Basically. So, okay, that got quite emotional. Um, you wanted us you to get real, people? Yeah. We got real. We got real. Yeah. So, um, anyway, 
Should we take this up a little bit? Do you do you want to talk about your other experience, or yeah. do you want to? Yeah, no, I mean, I can I can talk about the other experience. I mean, the other one is emotional, but it's less emotional because I don't know. I connect possibly more with horses than humans sometimes. Right, right. You know? um, so just another setback that I've had, which at the time seemed like a huge setback, and I'm not throwing. I don't. This is not meant to throw anyone under the bus. This is just kind of putting it out there because I feel like, you know, this is a, a situation that people, professionals, have to deal with, and that's losing owners. So um, I'm going to kind of condense this story, but basically I was in Lexington, Kentucky, and I had a, a pretty good operation going um, I was riding for these people and they had a beautiful farm and like life was good. I had nice horses to ride, good clients, like amazing facility. Um, so I started riding with Philip. I was traveling a lot to train with Philip. I wasn't spending as much time at the farm. Um, and then basically another trainer came in and offered to kind of like take over a little bit and you know you never quite know how those situations go down like there's two sides to every story and um but basically I was told that this new trainer was coming in I could Day, but she was coming you know maybe I might want to think about doing something else um, I was still keeping the horse at that time like the my main horse that I, I had the ride on that was um, going advanced um, so anyway I was obviously very distraught at this news because like it kind of upended my whole whole world and kind of what I had going on but luckily I had created a good working relationship with Philip and when I talked to him about it he offered me a job and so I basically um, just I decided like this is what I'm gonna do you know it doesn't get any better than this um, I uh, it's, a, it's a pretty good job offer um, to work for the best and so I packed up my stuff, took the horse that I was competing, um, that they still owned, and moved to Phillips. And it was a huge change, um, but at the end of the day, it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. You know, I've had so many opportunities um, just being at Phillips and met great people and just learned a whole new way of life and, you know, I met you and PJ and, you know, got married, have this house, have great horse, you know, have a great horse, um, have a nice young horse, that sort of thing. And so what seemed like a really hard, tough situation actually ended up being like the best thing possible. Right. Yeah. So, but again, it's your perspective. In the moment, it did not seem like the best thing. Yeah. But, um... You know, it was kind of a blessing in disguise, I guess. Yeah. No, I mean, it's funny. Actually, um, my previous 
job that I was at before I moved to Pennsylvania, I had like kind of a similar situation. There was a family that was helping and supporting the farm that kind of were pulling out their ties. Um, And I had just such a close relationship with these people and they had inspired me to, you know, really look further into the horse care and, and dial things down and improve myself and stop putting limitations that when they pulled out, I, I felt lost and I decided it was time to make a move. And it was so emotional for me because I'm, I'm definitely like a stayer. Like I love to invest in people. I, you know, I was at my first working student job for three years and then the next place I was at, I was at for three years. And so as I was, you know, making the decision to move and I was like, you know, I want to do big things. I want to groom at the Olympics. I want to do X, Y, and Z. And I was literally like having panic attacks on the side of the road. Like I, I literally yeah. threw up on the highway one day. I was so oh, stressed God. out. Um, and I had a couple of job offers with upper level riders and I ended up going to take a vet tech job, which was such kind of a right turn for me because he like, yeah, I'm like, I want to be a top level groom and then I'm yeah. going to be a vet tech. Um, but what a great decision because yeah. look at where it put it, you here. It's brought me. Exactly. So, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing people can take away is like something that seems horrible in the moment usually has a way of working itself out yeah. and creating good. So yeah, like if if you don't like the ending, it's not the end, you know. Yes, and exactly. I think also just in in any of those times, like when it's hard, um, reconnecting with like your why. Yeah. Um, and like for me, I always think about you know myself as a little girl who really couldn't connect with people, but found such a comfort in horses. Yeah. And the gratitude I feel for the people that horses have brought into my life. And, you know, like at the end of the day, if nobody listens to this podcast, I'm here with my best friend talking about things that I'm passionate about and like having that why of doing this and enjoying it means more than any level of success for the whole equestrian could ever mean to me. And like, it's got to be the same thing with your riding career. Like you have to connect with those moments where you had a bad day and like your horse just like puts its muzzle on your face and yeah comforts you <laughs> that always cheers me up oh my god jenny's horse yeah. um that we're taking overseas is like she she's a, a sassy and opinionated but yeah. at the end of the day when i have like had a long day or i'm tired or anything i go into her stall and she literally just like she puts her little nose on my face and yeah uh it's I have a connection with that horse that I haven't had since I had my own horse, and Aww. it's been really special. That's awesome. Um, so another kind of setback, I don't think we're going to dive too deep into this, but like injuries to yourself or a horse. Yeah. Um, and I think our advice to this is just, you know, make good use of your time if you if you have to take time off or your horse has to take time off. Yeah. One of my, like, favorite things, um, there's, like, a CrossFit competitor that ends up, he, like, almost made it into the top, like, three or whatever. Like, he was just shy of the top three for, like, years and years and years. And then all of a sudden he comes out and he, like, wins. And they're like, what happened? Yeah. And he's like, 
I got injured and it forced him to focus on some things that he hadn't been focusing on. So instead of playing the victim of like, woe is me, wow, my horse is hurt, I got hurt, like these are all the things I can't do right now, focus on all the things that you can do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's tons of books out there on horse training, like something, like if you can't use your body, use your mind. Yeah. There's lots of opportunities. For sure. Good advice. Um, so I'm all, we have a couple other things we're going to leave you with on this topic, but I always like to say that setbacks are what's going to make your life story more interesting. Um, it would make for a pretty boring book or movie if everything went right all the time because it's not relatable, right? And like nobody's like excited if just this person is crushing it every day, like nothing ever goes wrong then you're just like expecting success, you know, and it's like not nearly as um, inspiring. Yes, inspiring. Thank you. And so, um, you know, it's exciting to see how people deal with tough times and then even more exciting when they come out of it better. Yeah. So, um, well, honestly, that's like half the podcasts and stuff that I listen to on a daily basis are just people's life stories. And it's not like, everything went well like she woke up and was glowing and you know it was great it's like you know even um the there's like a thing of the four minute mile was thought to be so unattainable for so long um and actually like the day robert bannister broke the four minute mile record he i think it was raining and like he was underslept and he missed a train or something there's all this like x y and z that goes wrong and then like it's like wow and you you just idolize these people and you think it's beautiful and wonderful and easy and it's not no it is not no not not so should we make people laugh yeah let's do it (laughs) Um, you want me to do mine first? Well, I'll, I'll start. So okay. <laughs> this is like, it is setback related, but also just, again, kind of a way that you can um, view challenges in your life. So my mom, I was talking to her the other day about this podcast and our, our subject, and she's like, well, you know, Emily, we have this saying in the shop, because she um, is an artist and, like, creates really cool things with, like, wool and silk and anyway it's great but she's like we have this saying in the shop stop polishing the turd which is not like a very eloquent um saying but it gets to the point like you know sometimes shit is just shit and you need to stop trying to like make it better you know you might have to know when to move on and that's okay like you can move on like you don't have to always make everything better it's like, like it, you need to know when okay that's it I'm not polishing anymore and change course that that's failing okay failing forward like fail into the next thing yeah like it's not like wow I failed now it's over it's like I failed what's next yeah exactly um so my <laughs> similar okay this is gonna be the Tyler held quotable motivational thing and I've had it for years now okay because I kind of, I don't like blood, but like I'm kind of, I like pus and ingrown hairs and oh, stuff. Ugh. Like I like to I'm watch not pimple like videos. I can and already stuff. tell you, I'm not gonna like um, what she's got to say. Okay, so I always view like 
this is more of an investing in the process, which I think we kind I of think, just combined. I think these episodes these two topics. have gone together for sure. Um, but like growth is a little bit like an ingrown hair, right? So an ingrown hair, you don't really know it's there and all, all of a sudden you have a little bump and you put pressure on and there's like a hair that's like three inches longer than you thought it was, right? Oh, and I can't. <laughs> so like <laughs> a lot of the times you're going through the motions, you're checking off boxes and you're growing, but you're like that ingrown hair that hasn't had the pressure put on it yet. Like you, you, you've done all this growth, but you're kind of still like stagnant there. And as soon as you put some pressure on, you can see how much you've grown. That, as disgusting as that is, that's actually a really good, like, It's so inspirational. It's, like, <laughs> gross, but inspirational. Just think of yourself as an ingrown hair. <laughs> like, realize that you are growing even when you don't feel like it. And when the pressure comes, like, that's when you're going to see, like, oh, shit, like, look at all this work that I've done. <laughs> that's great. We are going to make a meme out of that. We better. Okay. Well, on that note, should we move into our listener questions? Absolutely. All right. So Tanya asks, when you encounter a setback, horse or rider injury, something that shapes one's confidence, etc., how do you objectively step back and make a realistic plan to move forward? Okay. These are. This is one of those things where, like, I'm going to say it's not easy. Like, I can talk about this all day long, but when the moment comes, it's not easy. Like you're going to face challenges mm -hmm. in your life. All the positive thinking in the world is not going to sugarcoat the, the crap that life is going to throw at you. Like it's just not, but doing the work to reflect and think about the process. Like if you think about the biggest setback that you had five years ago and compare it to like what you're dealing with now, chances are you're doing a lot better like I don't know what can I think of this in terms of um asking a boy to like hold your hand in middle school <laughs> like once you're married is probably not not a big quite deal. a big setback yeah. like that time that you know you didn't get asked on that date or whatever yeah, right. not a big deal because like you made it through you're here you're okay well you you made it through I'm still working on it <laughs> anyways um, <laughs> but like you know like now my training three day it's like wow like I fell off at a training three day big whoop I went and did it the next year by the way I finished right. 12th exactly. um so um hard in the moment but just think about all the things that you've been through. And I think it's helpful to have a community too. Like this is what I love about like the horse community. Chances are there's someone that's gone through what you're going through and you can look yeah. to them and be like, wow, if they can do it, so can I. And that's the self-talk that you need to have because a lot of people look at other people that are high achievers or doing something. They're like, wow, that's impossible. They must have something special. It's like, no. If they can do it, I can too. Yeah. Definitely. And then I think just to add to that, that was all really great, but I think it's also important to have a good coach or at least a good friend um, that can help you make a good plan to move forward. Like if you've lost confidence or, you know, you've had some sort of training setback um, because it's really hard sometimes when you're in it to see a way out of it but if you can bring someone else in with a more objective opinion 
they might be able to like give you advice and encouragement on how to move forward. I like it. Yeah. And then we have another listener question of the week, and Kristen asks, for me, cross-country is the most stressful of the phases. No matter how much training or practice I've had, I always get so stressed I can't even breathe. What are some positive phrases or mantras that you can say to yourself before going into the Starbucks? I tried I am brave last week, and it worked, but would love to hear some other phrases. Also, how do you keep yourself breathing while you're on cross-country? I hold my breath, and I'm about to pass out when I get on the finish line. Well, um, episode three kind of covers this topic pretty in-depth when we talk about horseshoe anxiety, but, you know, we thought this was still worth um, kind of touching in on and giving you some some advice. So, um, one phrase or mantra that I kind of use is I'll just, before I go on the, the start box, I'll take three like really deep breaths and on the inhale I'll say here and then on the exhale I'll say now and probably not out loud but like in my head just to kind of bring myself into the moment. And if you make the exhales longer than the inhales, um, it just naturally relaxes your body. So maybe you breathe in for three counts and then you breathe out for four. And that extra exhale just um, really, really lets you relax. Um, And then as far as to keep yourself breathing while you're on cross country, (laughs) I have been known to sing a song or two. And are you going to sing one for us today? Okay, I, have to, I have to give you a little backstory on this. So, um, and it might not, I might not sing loud, but I'll like sing it in my head or like, I don't really have a problem breathing on course, but this, if you're singing, you obviously have to be breathing. So you, you could sing. It could be sing out loud. Sing yeah. as loud as you sing, want to. Sing a song, <laughs> sing out loud, whatever. What's that from? It's from like, I'm make, I'm not making this up. It's okay. from some childhood thing. Um, but anyways, I have this slightly embarrassing song that I used to sing to myself, but I'm going to share it with you guys because I love you. Um, so I had this horse that was really bad about coffins and I was like, like we had gotten eliminated, like he'll jump anything else, but like we just kept struggling and struggling. We finally got through it, but I think one of the things that helped me was this positive mindset song that I'm about to sing for you. I'm so excited. So, um, it's from, I basically rewrote a song from Cinderella, the animated movie, and it's the working song, Google it, Cinderella the working song, and you'll kind of hear the melody that I'm trying to get, which isn't probably gonna come across to my singing (laughs) but here it goes okay so I'd be like we can do it we can do it we can do it through the coffin keep your head up put your leg on there's nothing to it really we'll jump right through it and something something I don't actually remember all the the words something but then we can do it yeah I mean the basically the the bread and butter of the song was we can do it we can do it we can do it through the coffin you heard it here folks yeah advanced level (laughs) adventure emily hamill sang a song to get through a coffin it worked love you and it worked and it worked so give that a try i'll try to remember the whole lyrics 
I've been saying it for quite a few years now, so I had lost some of the lyrics. Yeah. But I think we just maybe need I'll to put that get rid there. of some of the inner like self critique too. Yeah. Like I think you're probably like thinking that it's way easy for other people than it is for you, but it's not. <laughs> Everybody's gone through their struggles. Exactly. All right. So um, next section is actionable advice so that you guys have something to walk try. away, get a notebook. Yeah, exactly. So um, the actionable advice that we came up with for this month is, you know, kind of diving into self-exploration. But basically, we want you to write down what you believe was your biggest setback um, and then ask yourself, how did you view that in the moment? And was it something completely out of your control or can you take some responsibility for the situation? How do you view it now with time and perspective? How has this affected your life in a positive way? And then whatever that positive way is, be grateful for that. Mm -hmm. And always remember to reconnect with your why. Yeah. Awesome. Great. I love that. What's next, Emily? Um, well, I have been interviewed for a couple other podcasts in the past week, two, week or two. Um, She's cheating on me. Uh, it's all for the greater good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I did uh, an interview with Sonia Looney from the Sonia Looney Show, and she's a professional mountain biker, um, plant-based athlete, and her podcast is about... Um, basically like inspiring stories plant-based nutrition sports psychology so like you know a, a bit similar to to what we do but she her podcast is all interview based so um i got connected with her through her clothing company moxie and grit which if you guys go check out my social media um at hamill eventing you can see a picture of the the jersey that i got from her but basically this all like I got this jersey that was for, for cycling, but it has like a unicorn on it and it says be brave and it's just awesome. And I was like, I need this for my riding life. And so um, when I got it, I took a picture on Barry and I like sent her an email and kind of told her my story uh, and like how much I like her podcast, blah, blah, blah. And so then she was like, oh, well, what you do is really interesting. I'd love to have you on the show. So we did an interview. Um, and that was really cool and that podcast should be out in maybe like three to five weeks two to four something like that because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they take a lot of time with the editing process and all of that so um once that comes out not we'll like us a, we, a just we just post this baby we're like wow microphone problems let's go yeah <laughs> Um, and then I also did an interview with the Major League Eventing podcast, and that is actually coming out this week. So probably right around when this airs, that will air. You guys as well. will have lots of Emily to listen to. Yeah. So and that was a super fun um, interview, and Rob and Karen are great. Love them. They're amazing, and like we just had a, a really fun conversation. So um, check those out. And Tyler, what do you have going on? Um, I am speaking about fitness mindset and taking an offensive position on life at a retreat that's not related to horses um, that's happening in Kennett Square on October 20th 
unfortunately falls on show jumping day of Fair Hill, which is breaking my heart a little bit, but um, wanted to take the opportunity yeah. to kind of inspire the community. It's called the Empower Her Women's Retreat. So I'll be speaking from 11 to 11.50 and 2.30 to 3.20 at that, but I can post a link to that event for anyone that's yeah. interested. Um, it's actually all for the 100% of the proceeds are going to local um, women who are struggling with breast cancer to go to their treatments and everything like that. That's amazing. So that's fun. I'm also doing fundraising for another event that 100% of the proceeds go to the Cancer Foundation Alex's Lemonade Stand. Um, that's called Tap Out Cancer, and I have a fundraising page for that. So I'm probably going to link because my whole thing is to use the power of community, and even if I can get just, you know, people that I know or people that I have connection with to give five or ten dollars that I can do a lot for this charity um so that's kind of gonna be like my little mission for the month to give that's back great. so I'm fundraising that. for that I'll connect to that on our pages and then the weekend after Fair Hill October 26th to 27th I will be going with Emily to Wisconsin yeah for the first ever the whole equestrian clinic and uh it's gonna be held at Tammy or Sue's farm uh, in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. I'm really sad, Emily, because I've been having a lot of skin issues, and I have a doctor that said I should stop eating dairy, so I won't be having cheese in oh, Wisconsin. man, that's sad. I mean, that is the one thing I miss about not eating animal but products. I'm really enjoying Wisconsin the fact cheese. that my eyes are not swollen shut anymore. Yes, so that's, that's positive. Who knows if it was that or the cream <laughs> that the dermatologist gave me, but we're probably not going to eat dairy for right. a while. Anyways. So we are really looking forward to this clinic. Um, you can find out more about it on eventclinics.com. You can search for the whole equestrian clinic or just search the dates like October 26th and 27th. Scroll through, find ours. Um, you can, we also have links posted on Facebook. So um, it's going to be really cool. It's going to focus on unmounted sessions in the morning and just you know touching on things that we do in the podcast so fitness mindset nutrition community just having really thoughtful discussions and also doing fun activities together I'm pumped and yeah and then after the morning sessions we'll be offering more private sessions like if anyone wants to ride with me I'm doing private dressage and group jump lessons and then Tyler is doing um mental toughness coaching and grooming tune-ups yeah so um if you're in Wisconsin, we would love to see you. Or if you're a Whole Equestrian super fan, fly to Wisconsin <laughs> for the very first ever Whole Equestrian clinic. There you go. And we Let's... will get you a Whole Equestrian t-shirt. If you come more than 100 miles away, <laughs> away for the Whole Equestrian you clinic, heard it here. you get a t-shirt <laughs> for free. Awesome. Um yeah, so I think that about wraps it up, huh? Uh, well, we're, we'll, we'll also be at the USCA oh, annual yeah, convention, all sorts, so all we'll see you there in Boston if you're there, but I do think that we should wrap up this episode. It's been a good one. It's been really, it's fun to do this in the middle yeah. of the, the sun is shining, I'm not getting hangry or tired. Yeah, it's great. We were a little slow to start, but we're like, we got it. Laughter, tears, we gave it to y'all, folks. Yeah. This was a very real episode. I don't think I hit the table too much, so hopefully, hopefully there's no the static. Audio. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we hope you were able to gain some valuable insight on how to deal with setbacks when they come your way. Um, we're always open to feedback, 
please check us out on our social media sites. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and if you subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, you'll get a shout-out on the show. And who doesn't want that? I don't know. I'm about to give us a review. <laughs> Not allowed. That'll ruin our integrity. Anyway, guys. Not thanks. if it's like Tyler Held gave this yeah, review. That's true. <laughs> if you're just straight up. Uh, maybe I'll give us a one-star review. No! Um, anyways, guys, thanks so much for listening. This has been fun. We're here bridging the gap between riding and wellness. And in the meantime, enjoy the ride.